Hey, what's up, Leslie? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. You doing all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We are also joined by my partner in life and crime, <laughs> YB. Hi. Hi, Eric. This is my partner. How's it? Uh, introduce yourselves while I uh, let the Discord know. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, uh, what's your name again? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm Aaron. What was your name again as well? Um, YB. YB, okay. Nice yeah. to meet yeah, you. Yeah, and Aaron, plug your shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if anybody wants to uh, check out what I do, you could follow the Trillbillies. Uh, check out that podcast, the Trillbilly Workers Party. Also, uh, Struggle Session, of course. I'm a comics correspondent for the Alan Moore Presents series. And uh, people can follow, follow me at Twitter, Paradoomer, which is the same handle as uh, the one for Colin. So, uh, yeah, check all that shit out. Wow. Thank you, Aaron. And I'm YB. I have uh, the handle at Stuff He Does. Um, I do have uh, a little um, free kind of eight-minute true story at... Uh, podcast. Podcast, yeah. This is a true story dot show. Yes, we haven't updated in a little bit, but it's not dead. It's yeah. only because uh, YB was on medical leave uh, for a little bit. And Bree said that, uh, that she is a couple of blocks away. Uh, so Bree is not here. Our comms officer is not here <laughs> yet. But, but Aaron... The reason you're on this call, actually, is because you want to talk about Star Trek, but you're a neophyte. Are you, are you sure you're ready? You uh, go, no. Nah, you know what, man? I'm not because I realized today um, I never got – I'm going through Next Generation now, right? And um, I always thought that – I will get more into it, I guess, when Brie comes, but I always thought I would like Star Trek. I just never watched it. And now that I'm watching it um, and I have some criticisms – you know, I was shit talking before I even watched it. You know, the idea that the Federation is some kind of um, utopian, these utopian peacekeepers. And I wanted to be contrarian even without even having really watched any of the series besides the movies. And I think I'm wrong because uh, I've heard Deep Space Nine, which I haven't gotten to yet, actually kind of highlights uh, some of those icky parts about the Federation. So uh, I-, I think I should probably... Uh, Take a fucking seat, so uh, so breathe yeah. uh, sweetly, man. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was about to slide out of my chair. Um, you're telling me how f- uh, you've lived this long without seeing Star Trek? Yes, uh, and I mean it's weird because I like sci-fi, I like space, <sighs> I like all, I like that, I like that entire genre. But I guess, I guess I'm the kind of person where. Like, I mean, even something like Star Trek, which has been, like, popular for how many decades now, I'm just always hesitant to, like, jump onto something because, like, it's critically acclaimed or it's popular mm. at the moment, even if at the moment is, like, for my whole lifetime, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I never watched The Next Generation because I'm a 90s kid. And I never, I remember seeing it, I think, come on, like, UPN 9 or some shit mm, like that yeah. sometimes. And I would, or Lev Channel 11, I'd watch it sometimes. But I just decided to get into it because, uh... I just have a lot of more free time lately, and um, I was like, "Man, you know, let me like let me smoke some weed and watch Star Trek, man. See what see what uh see what everybody's talking about." And um, I mean, damn, I'm I'm actually embarrassed that I have not uh I've not watched it earlier, you know. You know, I was a late comer to to really get into Star Trek. I, well, actually, late for me because I skipped Next Generation for the most part. Even though all my little friends in like elementary school were super into it, I remember. In fact, I had a sleepover, and the theme was all Star Trek theme. And they 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 that they even like watching going back and watching their original series too. Um, and we had like little uh, tribbles made by um, the mother. Of course, this was a white home. This was a white home that we had a sleepover, <laughs> and she made. <laughs> Little, little tribbles, tribbles. From little, like fabric and stuff to take home. Oh, wow. I don't, I brought it home. I don't know why. I never did anything with it. Just collected dust, but I did have a little tribble. And so they went all out with this party. And then there was like a mystery. It was basically like a werewolf game, but Star Trek: The Next Generation themed. Mm. And I had to play Jordy. I was like, why do I have to be Jordy? Because I'm black. <laughs> I'm black. black. I think we know why. Yeah, I'm so sorry, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. I was. I didn't watch the show, so I didn't even know that like Worf was another black guy. I just thought like he was an alien at the time. I was very, I was yeah. in like fourth grade and I didn't pay attention to the show. I'm like, uh, man, I could have been Worf, right? Yeah. Right. And um, I, a question I always have to ask uh, Leslie again and again, even just sitting on the couch, which character am I in Star Trek? You're I. Why be I? Oh well. Aaron, I want I, I, yeah, Aaron, before Aaron. I answer, I want to ask you, Aaron, because you're our guest, and uh, what, what what character are you identifying with so far in the next generation? 
Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I think right now it would have to be uh, – that's a really good question, actually, man. Um, I don't know. I like – I mean, I, I do I – I like characters, but do I identify with mm, – That's a great question, um, yeah. yeah. because, it's I mean, I like Guinan. Yeah, Next Generation is a difficult one because, as you'll probably notice when you watch the other Trek series, you get a lot a lot less personality from the characters than you do in some in the series that came before and after. And there, there's a reasons for that. We'll probably get into it with Bree, but Gene Roddenberry, especially early on, didn't want interpersonal conflicts between the characters, oh. so you don't get as much personality moments. It's more like a procedural where they come across these problems and they're scientists that yeah. solve them which are or, or but a lot of the problems are of course like moral problems like moral yeah. quandaries yeah. which it makes which is what makes the show uh so interesting uh famously topical i mean that gene roddenberry was always very um you know aware and 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 pushed to have these these um these ideas and and uh, um things like interracial relationships and um and you know abuse and all these topical um uh tame uh, themes that were kind of uh exploding in the 60s you know civil rights and rights for women and um and uh, I, he wants those in his shows and that's something that we miss a lot in modern tv yeah there's so much thought put behind those are Star Trek shows, I think, and the moral dilemmas that they place people in is uh, really enjoyable. Uh, looks like Bree is here. Hey, Bree, unmute yourself whenever you're ready. How's it going? Hey, I'm sorry. I'm still rushing home, but I've been like listening and I have thoughts and opinions. Of course. Feel free to. All right. Go ahead. Dive in. I'm making you be Jordy. Uh, that was a hundred percent an attempt at shade. That was not accidental. There were other black characters, as you pointed out, they were really trying to do you wrong, and I apologize on their behalf. You should not have had to undergo that level of um, undermining Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bree, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm sorry, I was running behind. Um. But it is what it is. And it's no problem. It's no. It's, it's live radio. Folks, this is live radio. This is why I like calling. All right. You can just do it on your phone. You don't need to be at your setup. Uh, like Lil Wayne used to say, some rappers had to come in. They had need a hook, a beat, uh, 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 all the all notes written out. No, you come in with clips. You come in with clips. And that's all. And you just come in. We're doing live radio podcast and talking Star Trek. Thank you all our listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We will be taking uh, calls in a bit, in a bit. Actually, we can, if y'all want to take a call now, it looks like Big A just hopped in. Uh, we didn't talk about which characters we are. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Later. But, oh, it looks <laughs> like we already have callers in. So well, I'm not going to make y'all wait. Come on in. Oh. I think I invited you to be a speaker by accident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my bad, Big A. Oh, sorry. Call call back, uh, Big A, and uh, call back. Uh, get back in the queue. I, I, I hit the wrong button. My bad. But uh, Kevin, go ahead. Hey, can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got you. Hey, so are we talking about favorite captains or what are we? Talking oh, about? we can talk about wherever. Well, yeah. we can go in. We Let's can open go in. that up. What was that, Kev? I definitely have a lot of thoughts because, uh, I mean, like, you know, growing up, Picard, like, Next Generation was the favorite show, was my favorite show in the first show that I watched, so Picard, like, yeah. was always my favorite in the beginning. Mm. But now with this new show, man, I don't know. I think I'm changing. Which, whoa, 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 Kevin. Which new show? Because Picard. 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 I'm not going to start with Picard. Okay. Okay. Look, Picard is a controversial show. Yeah. Is it really? I don't. Yes. It's not as bad as the first one to me. And. Like, you know, there's a difference, I think, between having different tastes in the Star Trek shows versus, like, having, like, poor writing. Mm. And, you know, if they want to have, like, a different theme that's not necessarily as much about exploration and, like, and, you know, characters being put, like, you know, meeting yeah. new new civilizations and whatnot, and they want to focus more on action and, like, dark and gritty kind of themes, that's fine. I'm not going to uh, criticize the show for that. But I felt like the first season of Picard, at least, had, like, a lot of like you know like just plot devices that were just thrown in like mm. uh randomly there were just so many like uh 
yeah, things that the, happen that seem ridiculous, like at the very end when the entire Starfleet fleet shows up out of nowhere, when every when the entire season before that everybody was calling Picard crazy and that they weren't going to help him. Like it seemed like they really just wanted to to have a few events happen and just threw, threw everything together. To you know, Kevin, I liked Picard, but I one hundred percent agree with what you said. It really is. It's not Star Trek. It's Mass Effect, which is funny because, of course, Star Trek influenced Mass Effect. It's, but it's more like a big action sci-fi story as opposed to like an actual Star Trek show. And I can see why people don't like it. I enjoyed it for what it was. But if you're looking for actually getting more Star Trek, that's not what you're going to get. But please don't denigrate Picard just because he's taking the money. Okay, it doesn't make him a bad ca- captain just because he's in a bad show. It's like an alternate universe. But Kevin, thank you so much for your call. I'm going to go ahead and wait. Get- Leslie, can I, okay. can I ask you a question really quick? Because you brought up a really good point. Um, like, what makes a Star Trek show a Star Trek show? Because I always had this idea that it was a show about idealism, where you have these, like, I mean, for lack of a better word, I guess you have these, like, kind of like these technocrats, you know, that kind of like uh, are, are traveling through space, exploring, and they have to deal with these, like, philosophical and moral issues. But, like, Deep Space Nine, from what I can tell, it seems like, seems to be a little bit darker and grittier. And for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, when I think of Star Trek, like, I think of the original series or the animated yeah. series or the next generation. Um, I don't necessarily think of Deep Space Nine. So what makes a Star Trek show a Star Trek show and not, like, an imitation of another genre. Oh, that's a good. Very yeah, good question, a especially question. and very observant with the Deep Space Nine. So Deep Space Nine is a bit different. It's stationary. It's uh, a yeah, and it's and about yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's more about the characters, it's more about the plot developments, it's um, it's ongoing stories and not just, you know, the one and dones, even though yeah, there are plenty it, of them. It's a bold move to go nowhere, you know, and that, that's <laughs> yeah. it, it just like, sits there, that's a, that, I remember watching that the first time and seeing that twist in, in kind of how they develop the story, and instead of going to these cultures and, and universe or galaxies and star systems, these star systems come to them. And, and it presents the same exact sorts of yeah. problems and the same moral quandary. So you still have the same Star Trekky problems. It's just they get there a different way. And then they also add on this layer that I think we can all agree with probably is like the precursor to what Prestige TV is, but a very good one, like the positive elements of Prestige TV. So they like they changed up the formula quite a bit with Deep Space Nine and a lot of people didn't like it, but I think at its core it still maintained enough of the Star Trek element to really be a true Star Trek show, and, a lot, and that's why it's a lot of people's favorite Star Trek show because it was Star Trek and a little bit more. But uh, I want to go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brie. Leslie, name names. Who didn't like these? Uh, Space Nine. Raise your hand. I want to know. <laughs> hey, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm I'm through. I'm at season five right now with Next Generation. So as soon as I'm done, I'm yeah. gonna watch Deep Space Nine. I'm looking. No, forward watch to them it. at the same time. Watch them in the order that they came out in, because you okay. then you get the crossover. So maybe you might have gone too far already, but look up when Deep Space Nine was dark because they were aired the same week. That was one of the coolest things mm-hmm. about it. You could get both in the same week. Okay. Yeah, Marufakis say on Bad Faith podcast he liked uh, Voyager more than Deep Space Nine. I mean, oh, isn't isn't that like the redheaded like stepchild of like Star Wars, like the Star 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 Wars? I, I wow, they, Star Trek I, series. <laughs> of the 90s. Yeah. yeah, I think they all. Yeah, Kevin, and uh, they all bring something different to the table. I I hear these opinions on Voyager, and I'm not pleased. Why YB, YB is a big Voyager I, fan. I wouldn't I, say big. I wouldn't say big. Well, I, I am supporter. You're a supporter. supporter. I am a supporter. You're really supporter. <laughs> <laughs> An ally of the vo- of Voyager. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who else loves Voyager as their favorite one? Um, is it's not my favorite one, but okay. I I can't appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Look, we all appreciate it. Star Trek. We're all among friends. Yeah. But you know, what? I thought this was so. so Stacy Abrams says Voyager is her favorite. Oh no! Uh, no oh no. come on! No. That's cap. Cap. <laughs> no. Cap. That's cap. I cannot is believe she Star Trek, or did she just choose that because like the captain is like a woman? And she's I'm sure no, she's I seen think... Star Trek, but she 100 chose that one because the captain's because she she watches Buffy. Okay, so so she knows difference between like a really good TV show and kind of a middling one. She knows she knows her TV, so I think that's Cap. I think that's Cap. I think <laughs> 
also said she liked Voyager the best. But that might be because I think Kate Mulgrew did some fundraising for her. I mean, oh. and Kate Mulgrew as a person is pretty spectacular. And um, as an actor, just I love her. Love her. I, I yeah. really wish she, did, she was in a better show, Sally. But, but uh, Kevin, I'm going to go ahead and let you go and so we can get to our... Time for the other callers. I just wanted to say real quick that my, my favorite captain used to be Picard, but it's now a Cisco for sure. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too, because growing up, when we were watching Deep Space Nine when I was a kid, he just loved how good of a father Cisco yes. was. Yes. And like, mm. you know, watching him just hug his son all the time, like, uh, it just really was. A it was great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's really wonderful. But thank you so much for thank that wonderful call. Much. Of course, of course. All right. So let me make sure I click the right button. So the big Aristotle, sorry for the mix up earlier. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, thanks. No, uh, I was going to say I was a first-time caller, but actually I, I once called your Twitch show, and it was the day Rush Limbaugh, or shortly after Rush Limbaugh died, which was a great celebration. But uh, <laughs> Good time to call. It was a good time to call, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So actually Kevin, Kevin just led me right into what I was going to ask, which was uh, I was going to ask all of you what your favorite episodes were of all Star Trek, and just like a short re- maybe a short reason why, but for me it's a visit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 That, 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 I'm getting a little bit of echo. Oh, Check sorry. It. I'll turn my. Hold on, one second. All right, cool. But yeah, the visitor probably my favorite, one of my favorite episodes. And again, because you you were just mentioning like the fatherhood aspect of, and his, you know, I mean, that's just a touching episode for people who might not know it off the top of their head. That's the episode where we're traveling with an older Jake Cisco, who's you know, uh, throughout his life, um, at some point, uh, Captain Cisco disappears in some in some sort of transport accident or something, some kind of. Oh, against a little bit echo again. Thank you. But against some kind of transport accident or something, he disappears, he dies, and he's gone. He's just, Captain Cisco is dead in this episode, beginning of this episode. And it's like, holy shit. And then it jumps forward like decades in time, and Tony Todd uh, ends up playing the adult Jake Cisco and does just delivers a masterful performance. An amazing, amazing uh, actor. Absolutely, I love him. Tony Todd from Candyman, of course. And it's just this really sad, haunting little story about how grief can you know take over your entire life and stop you from living and how that's obviously not what anyone who we love or care about wants that's absolutely one of my favorite episodes i actually met tony todd at uh nickel city con in buffalo right before the uh, pandemic Uh. and i talked to him for a little bit about it because i don't know if you know the backstory of like what had happened in his life like when he was acting in that episode oh no please tell us so his aunt, who had raised him, like from his from his childhood, had just passed away, and he was like so like destroyed by it that he like just he shut down, mm. and he actually this role came along and he was he just put everything that he felt into it, yeah. and that you can you can find interviews of him talking about it, and it's incredibly touching. And at the time, my father had passed away in 2017, mm. so like the episode had taken on even more meaning. And, oh, it, like, just talking to him about it, you know, he it, and just, you know, you, you meet him, you talk to him. First of all, he's really tall, six foot five. Uh, and just, oh, yeah. Candy yeah. man, don't fuck around. <laughs> he talked to me for a few minutes, me and my brother, and, like, really awesome experience. Well, thank you yeah. so much for that great question. So let's let's answer that. Um, what is I feel like I'll because uh, I have the most limited kind of response to give because I haven't even finished Next Generation yet. Um, I'll just give two that I like from just that series. Um, I I really enjoy. I think I talked about it on Twitter. I really like the Measure of a Man, um, which I think is in season four, maybe Next Generation, um, or maybe it's three, where uh, this guy comes to take to basically take data away so he can kind of like uh re-engineer him i guess you know or break him down so we can see how he works and it's a really dangerous Aaron, procedure Aaron, your mic's yeah. a little bit hot <laughs> yeah can you can yeah. can you hear me now we're good is that a little better yeah turn it down a bit yeah okay so let me see if i can defend yeah. his Sorry, like uh, his personal autonomy as a as a, a member of starfleet yes yes that is the one yes where uh Picard, yeah, and Picard speaks to Guinan, and, you know, obviously, I mean, because Whoopi Goldberg is black, but I also think it was obviously why she gave this, uh, she gave this kind of, like, speech to him, but it's also because I think, 
like, of her sort of, the way that her character, I guess, is the sort of omnipotent entity, a being, I guess, or not omnipotent, I should say, but she's been around for a very long time, and she's seen a lot, and I really like that episode, because it's just, I mean, I think that's one that anybody who's seen, like, Star Trek Next Generation, or who's wondered about what episode to watch, that one's really recommended, um, but the other one I saw the other night was Dharmic, I think, where... Picard and your Picard. mic is still a bit hot. If you okay, hot. Oh, sorry, sorry about that, Leslie. Is that a little better? Uh, a little bit more, a little bit lower. Okay, uh, it's kind of hard. Okay, is that any better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, great. And I was gonna say sorry about that. And I was gonna say the other one um, was Darmic, where uh, the crew meets these a- this alien race, which mm-hmm. they basically, I guess, speak in um, um, stories and myths. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed that one just for the, I mean, the creativity of it. Because I think a lot of what the show does, too, is it actually says, okay, if we were to, like, encounter alien intelligence, like, what, like, how would we even know that they, I mean, were sentient? How would we know that they were communicating with us, you know? Because, I mean, all the different variations and combinations of language and culture, and I don't know, I think that episode really kind of highlighted, like, why I thought I would like Star Trek, which is, like, the exploration experience, you know, the aspect of it. Um, as someone who's always wanted to kind of wanted to kind of go to space, so those are my yeah. two. Um, I really like Dharmic, by the way. Again, I saw that the other night, and like, I mean, I was just like kind of floored by the end of it. I was like, man, I can't believe that that was only forty five minutes. Oh. So good. Shaka, when the walls fell. Yeah, Shaka, when the walls <laughs> fell. Yeah, he's like Tenba, arms, his arms wide. His arms wide. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a, there's a callback to that in Lower Decks, a lot of Lower Decks, and I hope we get into that conversation about that new show because I think it's hugely unappreciated, and that's how I learned actually about the earlier episode, like where that reference comes from. Um, but uh, I find it a like that kind of story and how it's even woven through the entire every. Every iteration of Star Trek is what really drew me to it. But um, if if I had to choose a favorite episode, I got to admit it would be um, one of the next generation's more lighthearted episodes. Um, I saw this at a time, you know, when I was kind of young, like 12. And so I wanted to see the funnier things happen in space as well. The, these more human issues that I, I connected with. And so I like that episode where they all get the, the disease and they all kind of, um, how do you, they're uninhibited. No, not the devil. That's great as well. But the the one I, I remember most of all is the one where they're all uninhibited, and when uh, they're all horny. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess that, that hit <laughs> which, me. Well, which episode? Team. That doesn't narrow it down. Actually, yeah, I feel like there's an episode where they go to a planet that's extremely horny. Like that's the one I was thinking about. Rise. Yeah, rise. Yeah. Rise. Yeah. Means a journey or travel in German, but yeah, the, I think I like those the, where they de-evolve. That that blew me out of the water. But it's it's also the Borg and the founders. These really kind of interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Brie, what, Brie, what was your favorite episode? Or the There's triples? also the, yeah. the the one where they're kids. I used to like as well. Oh, I just kids. yeah. Um, that's when Ro- Ensign Roe and Picard and Guinan, right? They all become little children. Oh, I have to watch yeah. that. I, yeah. I, I have to watch that episode. I just saw it, uh, the first episode with Ensign Roe when she gets introduced, and she's like already one of my favorite characters. Oh, I mean, she's so cool. She's, so Dude, she's awesome, man. Socialist. Everything about her is fabulous. You know, the scuttlebutt was, I mean, they deny it, but the scuttlebutt was that Kira Nerissa's character was supposed to be played by Roe Laren. No, that's 100% true. Oh, mm. I wish. Yeah, and it would have been great. I mean, I love Karen. I love, yeah. you know, but I also love Michelle Forbes. Yeah, you know, Michelle Forbes, she uh, she just didn't want to do it, is mm. uh, what she says. She just didn't want to commit to that big a role, but I, it is great that we have uh, Kara as well. Um, I'll say my favorite episodes, besides The Visitor, I really like In the Pale Moonlight, the evil, kind of evil Cisco episode where he's having this kind of super villainy monologue about how he's basically like committing war crimes uh, to, to, the, to the Finns, you know, Deep Space Nine and the Gamma Quadrant and he is what he does and it's just like there's no you know pulling back from it there's no what you say Aaron you know kind of glossing over the militarism of the federation there's none of that it's just like straight up like if you watch this episode Cisco should in the series in prison uh obviously he doesn't but it's like one of my favorite episodes I really really dig it 
Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I people get mad at me about my favorite because uh, it's it's not like straight trek, but I really like Deep Space Nine, um, Far Beyond the Stars. I oh yeah, also directed by Avery Brooks. Yes. And it's like set in, I guess, 1940s Earth. And my uh, Avery Brooks, Captain Cisco is is a like struggling science writer. Mm-hmm. And the other cast members are kind of other science writers in this little oh science fiction science fiction writer. Sorry, yeah, in this little like writing. And I guess they work for a magazine, one of these pulp pulp yeah, science fiction pulp magazines. Mag. Yeah. And there's you know racism. <laughs> And basically his story, he's, he's writing what is Deep Space Nine. And it's never exactly made clear how much we're supposed to believe canonically that this is the origin of Deep Space Nine or not. It's like left, I think, very satisfyingly vague. But he ends up getting, well, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I guess it's like 25 years old. But it's just, <laughs> it's just really, it's, it's really beautifully and sensitively handles the race issues. The, right. The kind of dreams deferred of people who wanted to do these things were not that were not deemed as for you. Um, you know, this black guy in the forties trying to be a science writer, and it's really fun to see everyone out of makeup, Arvin Shimmerman, and, and everyone just fully as humans. Worf, you know, Michael Dorn. Yes. It's just really delightful to look at them. I was, I, you know, that was something. It was like a veil being lifted. You know, you see them as these characters, and then you see them again, especially Worf is, is human. Yeah. Isn't and, it messed up how handsome he is? Isn't it so, messed I mean, up? He's like he's like, Worf, too. Don't do him dirty. I'm not doing him dirty, but <laughs> still, they give him that nine head, you know. <laughs> that's a handsome brother. He could have been doing some stuff. I'm just saying. He's I like mean, a Shamar Moore, almost. Uh, my my childhood dog was named Mr. Worf, and it was oh. Because we were Trekkies as a family, but also because I think my mom had a little bit of a hard on for Michael Dorn. Oh, I mean, just amazing actor and just, uh, I mean, very, very, very okay to look at on the screen. <laughs> um, also, I, Armin Shimmerman in that, in that, I think there was like an anti-Semitic storyline, if I recall correctly. Yeah. He ends up like acting his ass off in a way that he doesn't get to usually do. do at all. Yeah. I mean, he's excellent. This is, I think, this show, and this tells, this has informed a lot of my relationship with uh, Leslie Lee here, and has a kind of, I mean, there is a lot that I see in in Leslie that I, I got to be honest, that I see in Cisco, and so <laughs> that's a high, that's high praise, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I do, and so when I saw it for the first time, I think we watched it together, and then I watched it like twice the whole series on my own. It was kind of like falling in love with Leslie. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to say that. I'm so sorry. Is this why you want me to watch Voyager? <laughs> I, I, you know, I used to watch Voyager back in the day, even when, it, like, when it was coming on UPN. It's just like every episode is like Janeway's cool. Um, six of nine. I loved her when she came on. Six but- of nine. That? Oh, seven of nine. Oh, I, I can't tell you why I made that mistake, but there's a very good reason why I made six, it. Nine, there's a, there, no, no, three, it's not six, that. Nine panty line. No, no, no. It's uh, someone uses. Uh, I'm not going to say someone use. Someone I know uses it as a password, so that's why. Oh, I'm mixing up the numbers, so that's why I I, I don't have. And someone who needs me to we remember to their passwords this, for them. Yeah. So that's why I have six of nine oh, in my head God. instead of seven of nine. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. It's crazy. But anyway, yes, I love seven of nine. I love. Uh, I, I mean, I, basically, all the female characters are really cool, but all I the male. It characters especially the like the chef alien like he's hard to look at i like Ugh, really don't like his character yeah neelix I, I can't stand neelix i think the actor's it's great amazing, yeah. but like the the makeup is awful and i don't like the portrayal really like he's just shoes on neelix <laughs> so so here's where i have to address that because neelix and Cass are in a romantic relationship and watching and what well watching voyager it was like for me speaking a lot to my uh, to who i am or my identity that um that no matter what love looked like and and how neelix looked really strange like really a lot of makeup but that that love is real and a lot, i remember vividly thinking Kess would be with someone else and i'm like nah Kess is with whom she loves you know and that's neelix so it was a really kind of subtle way to say you know to contrast these these ideas 
ideas that partners, you know, in, in attractiveness are, are valued. No, no, no. Love. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Neelix was ugly on the inside, too. That's was he? I thought he was a good person. I thought that was the one redeeming Neelix, factor that he was actually just a nice guy. He's a nice person. He's incredibly annoying. He used to oh. piss Jane way off. Do you guys ever remember this? He was always messing up her coffee, getting everything wrong, trying to <laughs> cook alien concoctions in the oh, kitchen. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. He was a real pain in the ass. He was out here barefoot in this kitchen. I just really have to stress. <laughs> this was a hygiene issue, mm, bringing yeah. strange space spores into their environment. Yeah. He was okay. so whiny and, like, ugh. Wait, can, I ask you guys, can I ask you guys a question as, as again, a newcomer uh, Trekkie? Why is it... So the way I hear it is that everyone loves Deep Space Nine and then it, or the next generation or they're tied, I guess. But then Voyager always seems like kind of like the uh, like the abomination that nobody wants to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Well, like guess, the mutant that sleeps in the basement. What's up with the Voyager? No, Why, well, that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting into. So yeah. I, wa- I I watched it when it was going on, and like we all wanted to like it. It's just like it didn't really have the energy and really lacked like really engaging characters it had yes. like half the cast was you know great and wonderful and engaging but half of them just were not interesting characters and week to week i just didn't care whether they got home or or not and it was just and they had to kind of th- start throwing stuff at the wall like they brought in the borg which you know thought you thought was just going to be a next generation thing and then they brought in the borg queen which you thought was just going to be the movie thing and like all this stuff is cool but it's just like the show like never it really just did a, it, it didn't do a good job making out the cast uh, of the show like except for the doctor the doctor they knocked out of the okay party. i have a, yes. i have a clip for you from the doctor because you were asking me my favorite shows and i pulled this up because this is yeah. one of my favorite episodes but it's one mm. of my favorite star trek moments and i was just like well i have the floor to say that the real issue was that uh janeway's hair was whack for like two seasons <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's that doesn't help either. Like, I, I'm sorry. Of course, it's sexist, but any show where the female lead has bad hair is doomed. Little House doomed. on the Prairie. <laughs> so it's, it's awful, it's but it's awful. true. Lips so Felicity, Felicity yeah. when she cut her hair. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> know ratings went down. Unfair, but true. <laughs> there was okay. a real. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bree. Here's one of my favorite doctor moments. Do you guys remember this? Wait. Oh, shoot. So sorry. Um, uh, assistance preferences out. Through Roadcaster. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. Here we go. This is two two having the the part. Yeah. He starts laughing like Kamala Harris. He's been seized by the pond A neurochemical imbalance is driving him to mate. We won't be able to reason with him. Tuvok, I understand. You are a Vulcan man. You have just gone without for seven years about. I will give you the sign. Just aim for his behind. Hormones are raging. Synapses blazing. It's all so Wait, so wait, wait, what, what, what series, which series is that from? Yeah. Okay, that was really funny. That was really funny, because Star Trek is not, I mean, I mean, I guess some of the funniest scenes, or like scenes, Next Generation at least, are like with, when a character like War for Data, where you don't, you don't expect them to be funny, say something funny, but it's not really a funny show, you know, yeah, so the, I, that was, I'm surprised. That was funny. Yeah, The Next Generation doesn't really have comedy, but Deep Space Nine and Voyager have, like, yeah. straight-up almost sit, sitcom style hijinks at times, which and they're usually pretty fun. They're usually pretty, <laughs> pretty fun. Um, that's Robert Picardi, who... Robert Picardo. Who Robert, by, Robert Picardo, Picardo, who, yeah. by the way, uh, I bought YB a cameo from him on... And then I bought uh, myself one. One, and I swear, <laughs> it's the best you know, yeah. gift I've ever gotten. YB is is not that expensive. Please find the Star Trek people on Cameo. Yes. They're all on there and they're all great. Like they go really above and beyond. They will send you like a ten minute video where they will they like look will look yeah. you up. And, and Robert like, Picard 
Ricardo, he actually, um, Les had provided that, you know, I'm a, a world language teacher and, um, he, speaks my language fluently and he recorded such a personalized message that i mean he is my favorite character in the whole that's the doctor we're talking about they they clearly figured out at some point that he was the star and they needed to start building his character up and so they got him originally the conceit is that you know voyager they're lost in another quadrant 70 years from home whatever the doctor is dead so he's the holographic doctor who is the, supposed to just be a pitch hitter, but is their permanent doctor. So because he's only supposed to be temporary, he's confined to the ho- the sick bay. He's a hologram. He can't like, you know how it is mm. in the original from a dispute. Right. Sorry. Next generation. These characters can't leave the holodeck. That's the whole thing with Moriarty and the whole thing. Mm. Right. So they eventually realize we got to get this guy involved more in the plot. So they come up with some kind of device that's a portable hollow something, something, something. And from that point on, like the sky is the limit. He's the main character and it's great. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. And just uh, one of the best, ca- I mean, actors, character actors. And he is that, that real heart of the show in the later yes. series. He, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I wish the show was better because, I mean, he's great in it. I think Janeway is great. I think there are a lot, there's a lot of good stuff, but they just never really quite pulled it together. Maybe the later season. I haven't seen all of the later seasons, but those episodes were better. But I, I think I answered your question there. It just didn't immediately have all the characters that hook you in where even the next generation struggled with the balance of the cast. But I think they started off with a pretty good base and you know, more or less kept the same Deep Space they, Nine. They never <laughs> developed Harry at all. His whole personality was playing the oboe. He, yeah. got cucked. he was like a Jordy cuck. They never mm. developed Chakotay, whose entire personality was being Native American. Um, which in which sometimes is, cringe yeah. in offensive ways. Well, well, we should point out that, yes, Chakotay was, was supposed to be Native, but their consultant for all of the Native American, you know, practices and stuff was mm. a white guy who was faking it and had been lying to Hollywood <laughs> for years. Oh, no. So, I mean, that's like and none that's of like those. one like kind of permanent black spot on this show. Every time this character gets the spotlight, what you're seeing is something incredibly offensive and racist, and that's something yes. you don't have with Jesus. other Star Trek. I mean, it was pretty like watching through the interactions with Chakotay. I was like, um, and I grew up in the Finger Lakes when I was a child, so there are a lot of um, we we study uh, Native American and First Peoples history. So none of these, none of these. Uh, little um, elements in the show ever made sense to me. I was like, I've never heard of that. And they never mentioned like Chakotay's origins. Like, I don't understand. I could never understand where these elements came oh, so from. It's, based, it's like the 24th century or whatever. And they're acting like this. it's like 1750. <laughs> stepped off of the planes. It's ridiculous. It's in there, I feel like there's like an episode where there's like a, a Native American planet, whatever that's supposed to mean. And he's yes, like wolves howling at the moon. Yeah. It's so reductive. Oh my God. Uh, it <laughs> is truly, um, it's just awful, that episode. I think it's misguided. Um, Okay, yeah. so let's kind of talk worst episodes. That, yeah, that, least that, favorite episodes. I do want to say at this jump, the thing I like about Star Trek and these other shows compared to newer shows is like if you were sitting down on your Sunday night at 9 p.m. and you turn on NBC's uh, syndication, maybe 10 p.m., and a Deep Space Nine episode comes on and it, you see, oh, it's about the Ferengi. I hate the Ferengi. I'm not going to watch this episode. That was fine. You didn't have to watch every single episode to understand it. Yeah. If you didn't like, sure. uh, and and so many of these, uh, and people come up with lists of episodes that you can skip while you're rewatching these things, and you know, and save yourself some time. You don't have to watch every episode. That's one of the beauties of it. But there are a ton and ton of stinkers uh, throughout. Um, so, what are your uh, Bree? Why don't you go first? Why don't you tell us what your one of your least favorite episodes? First of all, every single Star Trek episode is excellent. <laughs> I disagree, but yeah, but most are good. Well, you know, let me let me get through the the, the whole franchise first. <laughs> um, I also just want to say one favorable nod to the best. I didn't, you know, I think that every Q episode is also basically the best episode. Awesome, thank you, Bree. I I, I agree. This is amazing. I agree. Yeah, John Delancey, King shit. Like every time he graces the screen, I'm glued. He's I'm obsessed. Also, the issues that it raises to have an omniscient character around, it just, it's deep, it's, it's next generation at its best in these thoughtful kind of existential questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of an all time bad one. So I'm going to go with one that's canonically considered to be one of the bad ones, which is like season one, episode like three, it's very early in next generation where there's like the black planet one 
Oh my god, yeah, where they're all like savages, man. Yes. It's like the third episode. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. I haven't yes. seen that one out. It's yeah, it's really bad. It's code of honor. Yeah. And it's all these black people dressed in like kind of shiny, West, vaguely West African garb, but like shiny, and turbans and stuff. And they're very basic and aggressive. And they kidnap Yar. Yeah, they kidnap Tasha Yar, the, like the white woman, the security, she's the, the head of security and like a white woman and they kidnap her. So there are all these like overly, se- the overly sexualization of black men. It's, it's actually, yeah, Brie, you're right. That's, that was a really bad episode. I can't believe I watched the whole thing. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Les is pulling, I have never seen this episode. Oh, I've seen screenshots. Uh, I think I I, I've seen screenshots of it. I think maybe I, I saw it on in the background. I just didn't pay attention to it. I mean, the fits are tight. The fits are <laughs> the <black laughs> sick, right? Like I understand it might be racist, but my boy, but they got dripped though. <laughs> yeah, they got dripped though. I mean, oh, wow. at least they gave us drip, so I appreciate that. I mean, the screenshots, yeah, are impressive. But I, I, when you mentioned the story, I, I really can't recall this at all. Um, cause some, most people recommend that you like basically skip season one. And so I think a lot of people who watch next generation just bless it. I think we, it, we definitely it. skipped it. Yeah, yeah. We definitely skipped it because we used the watch list when we were starred. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. So Tasha we, Yar is one of my favorite characters, kind of queer coded maybe. Um, and mm. you know, informed a lot of who I am and, and, uh, you know, it, when spoiler, sorry, but when they killed <laughs> her off, it was a huge blow to me. Yeah. I mean, like I wanted her in go- data. She got gooped. I yeah, she got gooped, man. <laughs> also, though, before she went, she did have what I found to be one of the best romantic relationships. Yes, on this with show, Data. Where she boned Data, man. Yes. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, Data. Oh, right. Data. 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 Right, so. Had more game than Jordy, which. My man, <sighs> All right, so oh, I, I, I don't I look. I, I don't want to derail this conversation too much, but I have to, a theory that I came up with that I have to share. Mm. I think Beverly, like at some point, like just fucked Data. Beverly <laughs> Crusher, like, about- <laughs> and we're gonna have sex because there's an episode in like later seasons where she's just like very like intimate with him and his body and kind of uses it like a thing. And I can't imagine you're on that ship for seven years, <laughs> not even once. I and I bet a bunch of people fucked Data who just like asked, and he just said okay. I think basically Leslie. What? That's what would happen. I, I mean, feel she like did that's what that candle. <laughs> <laughs> the candle with her grandmother living in it. Oh, oh, the Sub Rosa with the um. I recently saw that for the first time, and that was. I mean, I love the horniness of it. <laughs> it's so horny. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I, I, I get down with Bev. You know, she's hot. She's a sensuous woman. Whoa, yeah. And a doctor. I mean, the whole package. But it was just so weird, the Scottish, like, passing on of this sexual... You were te- I didn't see it, but you were telling me about it. Yeah. Like, was she, like, a succubus or something? Kind of, like, they came through this uh, enchanted candle or something. Her they grandmother was fucking the- this guy. Like, yeah. she's, she's, she's snow sisters. What do you call it? She's... Snow Eskimo, like, Eskimo buddies? Eskimo like brothers with grandmother. <laughs> And just with the grandmother and all the women in the family, all the women in her. Oh, yeah. So it, that's fucking dark. <laughs> that's fucked up. Wait a minute. So how did they explain it? Was it like a ghost or like an alien? It was a candle man. No, it was, like a, <laughs> so it was an energy, energy or an alien energy. I think uh, that was a uh, that the candle kind of like. Uh, oh, how the fuck did they get the earth in like like yeah way too hundred? Imagine that. How did that? Like, how do that's you discover weird. that? Uh, that's weird. I guess. Okay, I get. I get. Aliens were on Earth in like this. Can I just say too? By by the way, and, uh, speaking of Crusher uh, and and episodes, I hate. I fucking hate any episode that Wesley is on. I fucking hate. I hate that kid's face. I hate the way his lips move when he talks. He's not even a bad actor. Like, it's actually irrational. It really doesn't make any sense because he's See? not a bad actor, but he just looks fucking annoying, and he's annoying. Oh. 
kind of annoying, man. I'm sorry. He, he is a, a very polarizing character. And I, I for me, I, I was like, um, you know, when I saw this, I was about the same age. And I, I would fast forward and go to these uh, episodes, especially in the later ones, where he really was, you know, becoming an a, adult. And he mm. his story with the Traveler um, and how he his place wasn't in Star Trek. And they really, you know, they really did him wrong, I think. The actor himself also speaks about, like, the pain and the, the hardship he went through oh. as a young yeah, a da- actor on the show. Um, they were supportive, of course, but it was a difficult time for him, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Wesley is just kind of like a nothing to me. Like, I don't hate him, but I don't, like, like him. He's just kind of fine. I don't, I don't get, I never got the hatred for Wesley Crusher, but it is, like, natural that a lot of people just do not like him or his character. He's never rubbed me the wrong way, but he's probably... I think on the whole, the least favorite character. Listen, in, man. character in Star Trek. Wait, Picard. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Wait, Picard says, shut up, Wesley. I'm just like, yo, that just like ingrained this hatred for this character. <laughs> that is just, dude, the first episode, the episode that he left, and I thought it was the last episode I was going to see him in, I was like, actually hype. I was like, oh shit, dude, now I could like not have to skip through any of it. And then he fucking came back, and I was in like the fifth season, and I was so fucking mad, dude. You really like him little... when he was a little bit older, and he was just doing like the little missions with Picard and shit? You, you, went, you weren't down with that? Nah, I wasn't even down with that, man. I mean, the last, his last episode we did with Picard, that mission, that was really touching and sweet. And, um, I mean, some parts of it, as, as, a, as someone mentioned earlier, they lost their dad. So a lot of the times in this, in this series, whenever there are like these kind of like tugging at your heartstrings with like father and son type of shit like i get emotional but even with that with wesley i was like oh man just can't fucking do it. Isn't it wild how many episodes of these shows are just people sitting in a fucking cave? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah. a full like thirty percent of Star Trek shows where two people get trapped in the cave and have an emotional moment. And it always works. We always fall for it. Mm. Yeah, I, I I remember the episode where Picard and and Wesley and um their the shuttle pilot gets stranded in uh in a desert wasteland and yeah. then there's the episode you know when um they're all hub- hiding in the cave from the evil alien uh, in this desert wasteland so <laughs> and there's when cisco and uh, what's his face Ducat get trapped on a rocky desert oh, wasteland and it's like Oh, he's the gold guy. He's my favorite character. He's yes, awesome. he he's is so like good. basically a Nazi, but he's good. He's like all. He's one of the best villains like ever, and just so like played so well he's by so, the actor. He's hot. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like he's excellent. He chews those scenes up, boy. Like you end up rooting for. Him. I mean, like look, he he came around. First of all, he was a repentant uh, oppressor. <laughs> I love when he went Bajoran. I love when he became like a woke ass Bajoran. When he becomes a Bajoran, I like the Bajoran. He 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 converts to like the religion after being like a basically a being like one of the chiefs of their like oppression for years. He ran Auschwitz for years, and then had a Bajoran daughter. So he was a kiss, kiss, whatever they call him, uh, uh, Cardassian or whatever, I guess. Yes, Cardassian. Yeah. You, you, you probably met them in, uh, Next Generation. They're yeah. much cooler in Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. That was another reason why people like Deep Space Nine more. The Kardashians and the Ferengi and the Bajorans all introduced in the Next Generation, not really fully no, formed. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You're right. Not right. really fully formed, but then in Deep Space Nine, you get these much deeper, more complex views of both the characters and the cultures, and mm. so it's a little bit unfair to the next generation because it's a very different type of show. But like the everything seems kind of very thin in comparison to Deep Space Nine mm. because Deep Space Nine is telling that long term story, and like every episode has Kardashians and Bajorans yeah. and Ferengi, Deep as opposed to one or two episodes a season that Next Generation had. Deep Space Nine is is the only one you really can't skip. I think there are episodes you can skip, but it is you know a timeline that there's a there's a very few there's very many threads to follow and relationships, Dax and um, 
Uh, Odo. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Morphin and then Odo and. Oh, Hira. and that, there's another thing. Warf. Warf and, and on Next Generation, I know, I know you see this, Aaron. He's kind of a chump a lot of the times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's owned a lot. And D Space Nine, they let him be fucking shaft. He mm-hmm. kicks so much ass in mm-hmm. D Space Nine and it really kind of. a little of, red outfit on. Yeah, it makes him, it makes him like a much more fun character to root for. He has some cool stuff in the Next Generation. I remember the scene where his girlfriend slash his baby mama gets killed mm-hmm. and he just pops yeah. up and like beats the guy who did it to death. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the fucking sickest episodes. Yes. But then you still had to see Picard dress him down like a boy. Like mm-hmm. a boy. It's yeah. like you uh, it's you don't want to see that even though it made sense from the protocols of Star Trek, you mm. still have a white old white man uh, constantly, you know, yelling at this black guy who's like done something very, you know, noble and heroic. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't really. Cisco wouldn't do that shit. Cisco would have been like had his back. Yeah. He would have been rubbing his shoulder. Like, go, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, get his ass. Yeah, <laughs> they made they made Worf this like kind of soy adopted kid. You know, this whole narrative where he was raised by these human parents, and right. so he oh, yeah. prune juice yes. and didn't know his real identity, and always felt he was faking it and like not a real black man. And had <laughs> like a Oreo, yeah, had to suppress his constant rage and shit. Yeah, it's like no, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he, he had was, this soy son. Poor oof, Alexander. Oh, oh Alexander. I skip over those episodes too, man. Chalamet play Alexander. <laughs> I mean, and we, but we should talk in Deep Space Nine, his relationship with Dax, which was just probably the, the greatest, greatest relationship in the Star Trek series. I, I, it's the, certainly the hottest yeah. one. It's the one I'm most invested in. And Dax there's real, and I, I feel there's real chemistry. And the actor uh, that plays uh, Dax, um, is, I mean, just amazing. I love her so much. I wish she was in more stuff. After Deep Space Nine, so she, She's uh, a Becker. Yeah, she went to like a yeah CBS show. I'm like, I'm never gonna watch. Not that it's a bad show, but it's like a CBS sitcom. Usually, when we get our you know our screen queens, our John genre queens they might do you know more genre stuff but she went straight to like cbs prime time yeah. which is great for her pocketbook yeah but yeah she would be a great captain now oh god mm-hmm. they should just cast her as a new character a new captain i mean in discovery maybe she's in i haven't uh, gone far enough in discovery to know but um yeah that would be a oh yeah idea. dax was a, just an amazing character i absolutely love her one of my favorite and she's one of the coolest because she was like the like one who likes likes to drink and get fucked up on the weekends, but she was also like the best, like one of the better Starfleet, like the best like fighter besides Worf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she brings that element to the with the um, what's the what's the uh, symbiote, right? I've, yeah, mm-hmm. the symbiote, and, and um, and well, we, we don't want to spoil it for oh, Aaron. Sorry. We don't want spoil too much for Aaron, but you got a lot of good stuff. Uh, looking at, uh, to see in Deep Space Nine. If any of our callers want to chime in, please feel free to do so right now. We're going to take a couple calls and then get out of here if you're down. So if you want to talk to us about absolutely Star Trek or absolutely anything, but I, I kind of wish it was Star Trek because I'm having a great <laughs> time talking with all of you about it. If you want to make your call, go ahead, ask us any question, make a comment, make a statement, tell us who your favorite captain is, your favorite episode, your least favorite episode. Let's have some fun. Go ahead, call in if you like. I'm trying to one episode that I like that everyone hates is the like game episode in I think episode and season one of Deep Space Nine, the Alamorang episode. Uh, Bree, I know you know what I'm talking about. Where they uh, Cisco, I think um, Kira, and maybe a couple other people get trapped in like a board game, and they get digitally yes. transported into like the actual realm of the game, and it's like a, something stupid over and over again, like Alamorang, Alamorang. Yeah, Alamorang, and it's like a like a big long escape room yeah. episode. But I love it. Like every time I see it, it's like it's so funny because you get you have to watch them like act like play like little kids games and be right. in order to like survive this death trap that they're in. And at the end of the episode, the big reveal, of course, oh, it was just a game. It was just, we're just having fun. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the fun, best things I like about Star Trek is like it can make you think that everything is like super serious. But then at the end, the alien might say, "Oh, I'm just fucking playing." <laughs> that's one of my favorite reveals. There was, there was an episode with, also uh, with. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I just wanted to drop that episode with Wesley where everybody gets addicted to that game. Oh, that Verizon. game. I just watched and that last night, yeah. That, that's a good that's one. That's a good one. That, that's a I really mean, good one. They really had that plot where, you know, just the deception he had to create, the fake game, and try to get everybody out of their, you know, multiple orgasmic kind of uh, experience. And uh, that was an interesting There's a lot of games in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, but there are also, like, a lot of mindfucks. I'm always thinking, I know your uh, the cartoon show, uh, Lower Decks, talks about this. Like, how many times their minds basically get scrambled and tortured? Picard, yeah, especially, not only does he live an entire life in a simulation in a as with fa- with families and, like, his, you know, kids, a wife that don't exist, he also gets turned into a Borg. It's yeah, he's talking about a Borg, yeah. Yeah. And he does, he actually does deal a little bit with the PTSD and, you know, upcoming stuff. But all of these characters, like when Worf devolves and like tries to assault Beverly, like they just are like show up for work the next day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah in fact, there's oh, when, uh, what's her, when the account, when Troy, was it was Data tried to stab Troy or Troy tried to stab Data? Like they just try like str- like in the face and like they have a meeting about it. They have like yeah, a right. workplace meeting. meeting about this. The incident. <laughs> you know, that- it's, it's, well, let's talk about the incident that happened the day yesterday in the elevator where you tried to stab him through the eye. Yeah, that was a that was a perplexing episode. The the we didn't talk much about Deanna Troy. You know, I love Troy though, even though she's we find where it is revealed that she's actually not good counselor it's just all her powers <laughs> yeah that really it didn't she didn't have a lot of purchase in that show it was kind of first she was just sitting there and they would turn to her and say you know counselor and she would say i i feel i sense that they're not telling the truth <laughs> and i'm like no fucking way of course they're not telling the truth so it really wasn't you know and you never saw her counseling she was like captain. a dr- she was like a drug sniffing dog <laughs> He did. He did have one. I watched an episode last night, um, which is actually one of my favorite too. Disaster, where I think the ship ship runs a course of a quantum filament or something, and um, the the ship has massive uh, power outages, and she gets stuck on the bridge with I think Ensign Rowe and Ensign Rowe O'Brien and somebody two other people. One of them is dead, Mm -hmm. and she having to be the captain because oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. she does a really good job. I'm not going to lie. Eliza, you also remind me of something I want to mention real quick is like, I never realized like until I started watching Star Trek that there are like a thousand people, at least on the Enterprise, right? So like, you know, when they, when they get into an accident or something happens and they're like, you know, damage report and it's like a hundred dead on deck 32 and they just say it like so flippantly. I'm like, God damn, dude, like people are dying all the time on this ship. Like, oh yeah, I would never want to be on the Enterprise. They're always in some shit. Give me a nice, quiet ship somewhere, <laughs> like a nice, quiet corner. Yeah, but that was also the interesting dynamic about the Enterprise is that it was a whole ecosystem, and people had their families, and there was an elementary school, and there's a botany mm-hmm. lab for kids, <laughs> yeah. and you know, there was something I think very novel to me, like watching as a kid. We we're talking about Wesley earlier. Like you really, literally, could see yourself in it because an entire you know, community was on the ship. And I know that you're saying that flippantly they talk about Bill dying, but I think mostly people don't die in those attacks. And when they do, the show sometimes treats it very sensitively. And you see the funeral of like mm-hmm. some kid who's been left without a parent. And when they yeah. do the saucer s- section separations, it's like, we got to save all the families and the innocents and then just take yeah. the saucer into war, or take the back bit, I guess, into war. Yeah. And like that, to me, it, it raises the stakes at crucial moments in a way that I find to be useful and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi loses her mother. Her mother is introduced as, as one of the officers um, and she's, you know, revealed to be pregnant on the board on board. And they follow that. And, and then she has a child, Naomi, and, and then the uh, officer uh, dies. And so mm-hmm. now I think Naomi is left alone on the ship for a while, I believe. And that was a really kind of a very... Um, heartwarming and kind of episode. And that's the kind of storytelling like you can't get on a streaming series that does 10 episodes every couple of years. Like like the reason why you have like you can introduce a character in season one they have a kid and they're dying like in the background like across these years especially Deep Space Nine was great because you just had so many episodes and it was consistent. It was coming out in consistent basis. There was some kind of reliability there. Like you don't you're not going to get that kind of story 
storytelling in any of the new Trek shows because they're only writing like for one season at a time to tell one big story. Well, maybe Discovery is different. Why be you've seen it? I haven't, but Picard was just basically like, we're going to tell one story and it's kind of done. And then the next season is kind of a new thing. And you just don't get the kind of long term storytelling, which I really like. I think is one of the strengths of Star Trek and why it's been such a thing that so many people have gotten into during this pandemic. But we are running out of time. But thank I, I want to thank all my guests, all my callers for joining us. YB, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you? Um, on Twitter, it's at Stuff He Does. Um, and I have a small podcast um, called This Is a True Story dot show. Um, and uh, I was on medical leave, so there's a little bit of a break. But um, don't worry, you'll you'll have the regular episodes again weekly now. And we got a really spooky true crime uh, tale coming yeah, up as well. Very sad. Yeah. And Bree, where can people find you? I have a podcast called Bad Faith. We've done some great Star Trek episodes. Leslie was on recently. I've also been harassed repeatedly by uh, Wyatt Smack, who has some Star Trek takes that I do not agree with, but he's a really fun guest, and you can find those um, clips of them on Bad Faith YouTube or go to patreon.com slash Podcast to listen to or watch full video episodes of all of that content. Cool. And Aaron, where can people find you besides Struggle Session on our Alan Moore episodes where we talk about the comic books? Although I was thinking I may we may switch up. You may just be the comic book correspondent, not just Alan Moore. Maybe anytime we talk about comic books, we can have you on. Hell yeah, I'm down for that. So uh, besides Struggle Session and people... Oh, oh go up, Sai. You're very quiet now. <laughs> yeah, besides... Uh, besides uh, oh, way... You gotta get way louder. Way louder shit. Uh, hold on. Uh, what about... What about now... A little bit better. Okay, cool. Uh, people, oh, people, find me at. All right, that was too loud. <laughs> okay, okay, very good. Okay, this is good now. People can find me at uh, Twitter at Paradoomer, and they can check out the Trill Billy Workers Party, which is the other podcast that I co-host. So, uh, thanks for having me, Leslie. I really, uh, really enjoyed you guys, especially as seasoned uh, Trekkies, uh, giving me shit to look forward to in Deep Space Nine, especially. Uh- Oh, much appreciate, much appreciate. Well, folks, that was culture. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to follow us on here on the call-in app so you know when we go live. We do every Wednesdays at seven before Dynamite, and maybe I'll do it. Start doing Friday nights. We'll talk about science fiction, pop culture, wherever you like. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. Thank you, Bree. Thank you, Aaron. Bye. Thank you, Leslie. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.